Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Devin Hassan and David Woolman. It is 11.22 a.m. on a Monday. Um, gentlemen, nice to see you guys. Nice <laughs> to see everybody in a... It's nice to see some power, too. Yeah, nice to see everybody in one piece. First off, before we talk about anything, um, I mean, how, how are you guys doing? It's been you know, it's been a little over a week since we've seen each other in, a, in person in some capacity, but um, how did last week go? Are you guys... I mean, did you guys survive? I mean, just what was... What was it like coping with the uh, just all that hell that went through the uh, through the state last week? Yeah, I mean it's it's been a while mm-hmm. since. And, and you got to understand, I'm one of these people who, if it drops below seventy degrees, I'm freezing. I'm complaining that it's right. too cold. So the fact that it hits it's about sixty right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm I'm good. I'm good with this for the time being. But um, but yeah, no, it was it was certainly interesting. And um, you know, we all had to just the juggling of schedules, the moving of sites, the it was just every day, every hour, it was something you're getting another email from a coach or from an athletic director and just trying to – they're trying to juggle all these pieces. I can only imagine the, the headaches that mm-hmm. they are, went through last week and then the upcoming headache they have now of trying to squeeze everything in these next couple of weeks. Did everybody have um, – I mean, were there any issues with power outages as far as – I mean, because we still had to do our jobs. That's the thing. Like, no yeah. matter what's going on, and we learned this, obviously, during COVID, no matter what's happening, the newspaper doesn't stop. Yeah. The newspaper doesn't stop coming out for anything so we still had to do our normal workload but um, as far as just the actual like day-to-day i mean what were you get what was it like for you guys um it, i was pretty lucky to have power the whole time to there be you honest go. with you shut <laughs> up over there david yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> i guess i must have been on a hospital grid who knows no no you're the i, I was the same way i was uh, i guess yeah just in a fortunate spot on the on the grid i didn't have to worry about any power outages we actually ended up taking in you know a couple friends who were having you know power issues just on and off because it was there was really no just rhyme or reason to it i was talking like with my dad who he would have power for an hour and then lose it for two hours then be on for 30 minutes off for four more hours there was just no no rhyme or reason to it and then others it was just business as usual yeah well i was on the <laughs> i was not on the business as usual uh, and I try to conserve that. Fortunately, I was actually able to work a little bit ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the cancellations there, we didn't have anything necessarily cover. Uh, but it got down to – I mean, I was on and off. And then we were off all Monday night and a good portion of Tuesday uh, to the point where – and again, I was trying to conserve, but my phone was about dead. And then my laptop was about dead. And then my laptop – officially died phone officially died i had to get one of the kids chromebooks to charge my phone with what little battery they had left <laughs> my phone just to text you and give you a heads up yeah. of what was going on and um yeah. i was looking around you know using the last pieces of my battery trying to find a place that was open where i could possibly charge mm-hmm. and, and plug in just for a little while to get my stuff done and then thankfully uh tuesday afternoon we it popped back on we didn't know for how long but uh popped back on and stayed back on but that's good um 
but yeah, I mean, it was it, it was hit or miss. I mean, my parents lived just up the road. They mm-hmm. never lost power once. Um, you know, we were on and off for three days, and we're just a few miles apart. So it's, it's just the luck of the draw. I'm glad to see you guys made it out of all this <laughs> in uh, in one piece. Um, it yeah. is it is kind of insane that it's like 60 degrees outside right now, and we're <laughs> less than a week removed from it being negative. Was negative two was the lowest that it got. That's Texas weather for you, though. It's it is insane. So yeah, obviously though, it means as far as the stuff that we have though for uh, for this week with respect to the high school basketball playoffs, going to be a busy week. Yeah. Lots of making up to do because I mean yeah, the UIL missed out on an, an entire week's worth of playoff games. So you obviously have to kick the can down the road a little bit. But the result has been um, really having to adjust the uh, the schedule just to try to try to now compress everything and get back on track. So the way that it looks right now just to apprise everyone where things are at. The girls' basketball playoffs are still in the process of trying to complete the second round, the area round of the postseason. And the boys, they uh, just began over the weekend. They're trying to still complete the by-district round, i.e. the first round of the playoffs. Um, so as far as the, uh, you know, the, the consequences from last week, so on the girls' side, you have, I guess, teams have until Tuesday to complete their second-round matchups. And then this is where it gets crazy. So then they have Wednesday and Thursday – are going to be for the regional quarterfinals, the third round of the playoffs. And then Friday and Saturday are going to be for the regional semifinals, the fourth round. And that same structure exists on the boys' side, except for one round earlier. Boys' teams have until Tuesday to complete their by-district games. And then Wednesday and Thursday will be for the second round. Um, And then Friday and Saturday will be for the third round. So there's going to be some teams that are running on fumes by the time they get to the weekend. But that's the, the... you know, the hand that you're dealt when you miss out on an entire week's worth of games. So it means we got a lot of catching up to do because, um, you know, unfortunately last week due to the circumstances, we were not able to preview the boys' basketball playoffs um, in their um, in their entirety. So from what we at least have learned up to this point, and there's still, again, a few games that are kind of hanging out there, but I know there's some stuff in your area, Devin, that still hasn't been played yet and, you know, a couple games with, uh, you know, some McKinney schools and Hebron and whatnot. So we'll um, we'll at least talk a bit about what we know up to this point as far as just kind of some takeaways and just playing a little bit of catch-up on the postseason. So um, let's start on the boys' side since we didn't get a chance to really talk about them uh, yet as far as kind of what their playoff uh, landscape looks like. Um, yeah, Devin, let's just kind of uh, pick up there man i guess as far as i'm um, kind of an update on i guess what is what do you what is what are some takeaways from what has taken place so far and then what is still kind of uh, i guess to be uh, to be decided in your neck of the woods i don't have a lot to say <laughs> that so far uh, you know I, I was just kind of looking at it you know uh the two teams in 6A, Saxe and, mm-hmm. and Horn, uh, both got delayed. They haven't even played their by-district uh, games yet. Uh, Horn plays Naaman Forest tonight. Um, Saxe plays Title Legacy tomorrow uh, in a game that's, I think, on its seventh location change oh, um, out there in, in East Texas. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, we'll see what happens with these two teams. Both those districts, 9-6A and 10-6A, were so – competitive so balanced that even though uh, both teams are coming in as underdogs according to seed i mean really one through four in both those districts were it was a bounce here a mm-hmm. bounce there yeah. a lot of close games no one you know ran undefeated um you know th- through the course so i think these games you know could pretty much go either way uh you know i, I like Saxe's team i mean they get they have a go-to score and dylan mckeon rj chapman's one of the best younger point guards uh, in the area, uh, Horn doesn't really have that go-to player, uh, but it's just been, been kind of a committee approach, and it's worked for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it wouldn't. Again, I think these are going to be two really close 
games. Uh, wouldn't surprise me to see both Saxy and Horn win. Wouldn't shock me if they both lost. Also, uh, it's the area round uh, where things get a little bit dicey because Horn potentially you get number nine Colleen Ellison, who's mm-hmm. twenty five and one uh, in the second round, and then Saxy uh, potentially. You know, well, they get Duncanville, and his is the second round opponent, uh, obviously number two team in the state. So, you know, it's uh, you got to get two one to get to the next one. But uh, you know, looking at long playoff runs by either team, that would take something special. Uh, but you know, go out there and both teams have younger players, mm-hmm. so go out there and get a playoff win under your belt, and you know, see what happens. You've also got a few schools though on the Frisco side of things that at least did uh, were able to squeeze yeah. in their games. That was a that was a fun first round. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, looking at the I just mentioned the competitive nature. Um, you know, David, obviously you were at one of these games, but all three games uh, down to the wire, mm-hmm. close games, nearly had two fours knock off two yeah, ones. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean that was it was a, that matchup. I mean, we still have one to go, mm-hmm. but uh, those three games on Saturday were had a lot of drama. Yeah, it's got me excited for I'm going to be at the McKinney-North Frisco game tonight out at McKinney High School. Um, but, yeah, you mentioned, like I said, we almost got a 4-1 upset, and um, one of those, I mean, was literally decided by one point, yeah. that being Frisco uh, Frisco Memorial falling just short of, uh, of knocking off District 10-5A champion Lovejoy. Lovejoy, who had been one of the, uh, you know, one of the more impressive stories, you know, having to go through a quarantine and then just absolutely catching fire off the uh, – off that stretch, I think they they played something like it was like eight games in twelve days, and they won all of them or something. I mean, yeah, and they uh, they just they have not lost in what feels like forever. But then they uh, you know they get pushed pretty significantly by Memorial, who I mean, I remember coming into the season there was a lot of buzz surrounding that Memorial team who had been state ranked. I remember for various junctures last season, Memorial was actually the only team last year that beat John Paul II. John Paul went forty and one last year. <laughs> Memorial was the only team that beat them. Um, you know, so. I mean, I knew Memorial, just given the experience they had coming back, that's probably a bit of a deceptive four seed. Um, and it certainly panned out as such. This was a game that, uh, you know, Memorial was really uh, able to kind of, uh, you know, get a bit of an advantage there in the third quarter of that game. They held Lovejoy to just, I believe, four points in the third quarter and actually seized a, a bit of a lead there early in the fourth. And then, you know, Lovejoy comes to life behind Mitchell Weaver, Carson, Hol- Carson uh, Holden, I should say. You know, they uh, they helped the, uh, the Leopards score 23 points in the fourth quarter, and they're able to, you know, get a bit of a cushion there late. They led by seven inside the final 30 seconds. Memorial was able to close. It ultimately to just one couldn't ultimately get over the hump, but yeah, you got a, a combined thirty-five points <clears throat> between uh, Weaver and Holden for Lovejoy, and then Memorial got fourteen points from Avery Jackson, thirteen from Drew Steffi, and um, yeah, I mean, but just you look at that, and then Frisco Heritage fifty-nine, Rock Hill fifty-four, David, we can talk about Wakeland sixty-three, the Colony fifty-seven. I mean, there were just there wasn't a bad game between well, and, these two districts. And, and, and Heritage was down twelve at halftime. Wow. And uh, that's came. a quality win for Heritage, man. Like Rock Hills, like that's Rock Hills a quality program despite being in their first year. The season. Yeah, they were. Um, I mean, yeah, that was one of the better teams in the entire five A classification for the first half of the season. And Heritage, I don't have it down. Actually, no, I do. It was their first playoff win since what 2014, 14, I yeah. think. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's you know, that's quite the uh, that's quite the feather in their cap. A team that didn't. I don't recall them having a ton of fanfare heading into the season. Um, let's see, David. Yeah, but that we can talk about. I guess you saw the other one-four matchup between these two districts. Uh, Wakeland got a bit of a, a bit of a test from the Colony before pulling it out late. So, um, what was? Um, I mean, you were at this game. So, what was? Um, what was your takeaway from it? Well, Tyron Lee after the game told me pretty much summarized. You know what happened. 
He said in the first in the first half we took shots looking for a whistle, mm-hmm. in the second half we took shots trying to make shots. Okay. So um, it, Wakeland led by one point at the half, twenty three to twenty two, which is you know like like against a colony team that just you know like you know they just played like you know like nothing to lose at all mm-hmm. i mean they they were out rebounding you know wakeland they were making all the hustle plays on the sidelines right there and they only trailed by one point despite not making a single three-pointer in the first half and the colony's known for you yeah, know that's, that's the, pretty atypical for them yeah, yeah that's yeah that's that's their bread and butter right there yeah. so um in the, like in the second half, you know they they found their inside post game right there. Um, you know Quincy Adams and Drake Kinsvader right there. They mm-hmm. made some big plays, especially in the fourth quarter right there. And then uh, obviously Michael Neiman, he had some you know their what their perimeter shooters. He had some really big three pointers for them. Um, it was like uh, four, I think it was a four point game there late in this third quarter. Mm-hmm. And then he made a like a corner three with like forty five seconds left to put them up by seven. And then that you know they kind of held on by two possessions you know throughout the fourth quarter and just went on to win the game so um you know just you know just a little bit better execution there by wakeland in the second half and i felt like you know they did a better job there on the boards there in the in the in the second half so you know one by six points right there and now they're going to get uh, dallas kimball in the next round yeah and that'll be a tough one kimball's a team that made a that made a pretty deep playoff run last season it was a regional finals that they lost to, to lancaster um, and you know them led by Arterio Morris. That'll be a that'll be a tough game for sure. Well, this is and also it's a Wakeland team. Um, you know, like I know it's going to be a tough game, but they played Lancaster earlier this season, mm-hmm. and they only lost by five points. Okay, so I mean, there's you know there's a chance that they can maybe pull us out, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, Kimball's an experienced team. Yeah. Over in Class 6A, then, you had the bi-district matchups between 5-6A and 6-6A. We have had three of these four games played. The last one remaining is McKinney and Hebron. That game will take place Tuesday, 7 o'clock, out in Allen is what I'm seeing. Um, you know, Hebron actually, uh, you know, while everyone was playing their first-round matchups, at least for the most part, on Saturday, Hebron was just trying to get into the playoffs. We still finally were able to settle the, uh, the play-in game for that last playoff spot out in 6-6A between Hebron and Plano. Um, this was the first of my three stops on Saturday, and this was a really good game. It was, I mean, it was what you'd expect between two teams that were playing each other for the third time. There really wasn't a whole lot separating them. I'm sure if you played the game ten more times, you probably get different results, nine, you know, nine of them. Um, you know, with um, you know Hebron, though, it was a game that, yes, I mean, this was tied midway through the fourth quarter, and Plano really kind of, I don't want to say took the foot off the gas, but they really did slow the game's tempo down to a crawl and really kind of just tried, they bled over a minute off the game clock just working through one possession and um, they weren't able to convert and then in this little 20 second spurt Hebron races back up the floor they get a finish in transition Plano tries to come right back they blow a layup inside and then Hebron right back down and I believe it was Grayson Aloe who just put on this nifty Euro step past the Plano defense for a layup that gave them a, a 39-35 lead and then um, just like that you know Hebron has this two score advantage and they were able to kind of keep him at arm's length the rest of the way now there, there were some anxious moments they're late because you know Plano you know switches to a uh, to a press defense and they were able to generate a couple turnovers that actually had them in position to shoot for either the tie or the win inside the final 30 seconds of the game ultimately though Hebron is able to get one stop and then uh, David Deal hits um, a couple key free throws on the other end to give them uh, ultimately a, a 43 to 39 victory and um, just a cool deal for Hebron a program that's been you know consistently in the playoff mix um, you know they were dealt a pretty tough hand with their, uh, you know, kind of the heartbeat of their team, Logan McLaughlin.
McLaughlin, you know, not playing for uh, for most of their district district schedule last season, and they ultimately wound up finishing outside the playoff picture. And then, you know, for them to bounce back with a pretty young team, they had a couple sophomores, um, you know, Alex Cotton and Nate Mercer that really really shined in that game against Plano. Just kind of a, a sneak peek into the future of what their backcourt's looking like. And you know, Hebron's got six sophomores on its varsity roster this year, so this is a team that's you know could be uh, you know kind of on the uh, on the upswing in the uh, in the years to come. But they um you know the the draw is now going to be pretty tough because <laughs> you get a McKinney team that is that is well rested and just absolutely just blew through District uh, District Five Six A. They ran the table. They're on a thirteen game winning streak, and they've only got two losses all season. They're ranked number eight in the state, I believe, in the last uh, TABC poll, and they're um you know they're one of those teams that's you know I think. You know, the strength in Region 1 lies with South Grand Prairie and Richardson in the top half of the bracket. But the good thing, if you're McKinney, is if you're able to get on a roll and get to the regional tournament, you only have to worry about seeing one of those teams because of the way the bracket shook out. Richardson and SGP, assuming they win their first two matchups of the playoffs, they would see each other then in the third round. So you're already eliminating one of those two juggernauts. Ironically enough, it is those two teams that are responsible for the only two losses that McKinney has all season. So, um, you know, so whether McKinney's able to get there to regionals, maybe it's a team like Capel, who we can talk about a little bit right now, um, you know, but, um, but yeah, obviously a, a chance to avoid having to play, go through both Richardson and SGP is certainly, I guess, the preferable, the more preferable uh, path for um, either McKinney or Capel, who are in the um, the lower half of, uh, of Region 1. Capel also state-ranked. They won their first-round matchup in uh, decisive fashion. They uh, they took down Allen 64-46. to This was my second stop of the day. I wanted to get out and see this Capel team. I remember them being a pretty fun watch last year. And um, yeah, David, you've seen them all season. And um, yeah, they're uh they were they were fun. That was a that was a that was a fun show that they put on on uh, on Saturday. A rare home playoff game. Just something that uh, happened to shake out that way because they were um, initially supposed to play Allen you know, last Thursday at Rock Hill out in Prosper. And um, obviously that game got postponed. Um, and then Rock Hill was, I believe, already booked up for Saturday. So they had to find someplace else. They weren't able to settle on a neutral site. So they just decided to flip for home and home. And Capel got a home game out of it. And, you know, if there's any one thing where if you've been off for a week and you're kind of been anxious to get back on the floor, you're not sure if there's going to be any rust that, um, that hangs over. But if there's any one thing that can help kind of shake off that rust, it's getting to play in front of a, uh, a loaded crowd. Because yeah, the Capel half of that gym was pretty full. Um, there was uh, certainly some good vibes for the uh, for the home side there, and Capel came out with um, just a ton of energy. They had they, they were out they outscored Allen twenty obviously twenty one to six or twenty three to six in the in the first quarter. They forced they were able to force more turnovers from Allen than they allowed points. They forced eight turnovers and only allowed six points. So they definitely fed off that energy to begin. Um, Anthony Black and Ryan Agarwal, who have kind of been their anchors, you know, all all season, they combined for 46 points. Um, Black particularly, though, he was, I mean, he put on quite the uh, quite the show. Just, uh, I remember the times when I saw them last year, um, you know, with uh, with Agarwal, I mean, you notice the jump shot immediately. Just what a dead-eye shooter and score he is. And with Black, it's just, it's how much, it's how versatile his skill set is, how many different things he can do. And you really, um, you really saw that on Saturday. Um, he, I mean, he scored 26 points, which I believe was a season high for him. And they just came in a variety of ways. He started off hitting a three. He, um, I mean, he 
he did a great job just accelerating and transitioning with his with his size. I mean, they call on him to handle the ball a lot, you know. So when you have that kind of size, you're going to require one of the other teams, you know, taller defenders to guard you. And Anthony Black has such a speed advantage on most of the guys that he's having to guard. So I mean, there were times when he just blew by his defender and just strolled right in for a, a poster dunk. I mean, he had some beautiful throws, um, you know, throwdowns in transition. He had a couple and one finishes as well. And then you know he's he's distributing the ball nice. He's flipping cross court passes, finding guys open in the corner for threes. He's protecting the rim on the other side, locking down um, Allen's top wing Ian Moda on some key possessions early on. I mean, he just he he checked every box. It felt like in that game, and he was definitely one of his better games all season. Then when you got Agarwal doing his thing, he had twenty points, made four threes. There, um, I mean, that's going to be a tough out, you know. And that's not even to you know discount the play of players like Nazir Brown, Devon Grain, who have been so instrumental in that team's um, you know work all season. Um, you know, Capel's a team that figures to kind of hang around for a bit, and um, they uh, they certainly began their playoff run in pretty emphatic fashion. Um, you know, you had Marcus able to. You know, survive a, a tough game from Prosper, fifty-six to fifty-two. You know, they got some uh, some key free throws late from uh, from Nick Donnelly. You know, to kind of you know pull away there at the at the very end. You know, Prosper, despite getting a combined thirty-nine points from Neil Utrip and Addison Harmon, you know they fall short. You know, for Marcus, it was their first playoff win since two thousand fourteen. You know, a nice little uh, feather in Marcus's cap. You know, they had to play a bit of an anxious waiting game at the end of district, waiting to see what would happen with Capel and if they would get to split the district championship, and then. Thanks to a little bit of help from Plano, who was able to beat Capel in overtime in their season finale. You wind up getting a tie for first place between Marcus and Capel. For Marcus, it was their first district championship since the, the Marcus Smart, Phil Forte days back in 2012 when Marcus was uh, winning state championships and whatnot. So a uh, bit of cool year for the Marauders, and we'll see what um, what's to come. I believe they might – I believe Richardson, though, might be uh, next on the docket for them. So that will be a, a tough matchup between, uh, between two state-ranked teams. Um, so that is at least um, – on my neck of the woods, a look at things on the boys' side, and then let's uh, let's play a little bit of catch up on the uh, on the girls' end of things. Um, David, Lake Dallas, man, still clicking, still humming, bound for the third round. Got a tough one in the third round though, but they were able to uh, make good on getting back to the regional quarterfinals by uh, taking down what's been at least over the uh, in recent years though one of the more credential programs in the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. That being uh, Mansfield Timberview. This was a fifty-one to forty-three victory in the area round. Um, just talk a little bit about the Lady Falcons right now, just the groove that they're in heading into the third round of the playoffs. Oh, this is a team that's definitely on a groove. They've won uh, 18 straight games. Mm. Wow. That's, yeah. That's quite the run. Yeah, then they they went through their district undefeated, and they had several of those games. They were just blowouts right mm-hmm. there. Like, you know, they, they had like at least half of those games were winning by at least 20 points right mm-hmm. there. So, I mean, this is a team that's just very confident right now. And not only confident, it's a very poised team as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they needed that against Timberview. Um, a team, like you said, that's, you know, been in like so many, you know, tough situations during the playoffs over the years. Um, and looks like for a while there on Saturday that Lake Dallas was just going to run away with this game. Mm-hmm. They were up by like 15 to four in the first quarter. And then like, you know, like all of a sudden, you know, like. Timberview kind of makes a game, makes a little few runs right there, and then they get to within 38 to 34 in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So if you're like Dallas, like, you know, are we going to panic or how are we going to handle this right there? But they handled it with, you know, with great class right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously one of their big storylines this season is just the play of Mackenzie Buss. Yeah. And she made some big plays down the stretch right there. Um, she got an and one, and also she – 
threw a, a dime pass over there to Allie Buchanan, who made a layup right there to put him ahead by nine points with less than four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, you know, she only scored ten points, but she made, she made the plays whenever it counted. Um, Georgia Elliott, you know, she had another double-digit game right there with uh, ten points. Uh, Cameron Richardson, the so, uh, standout sophomore, uh, she she let all let all Blake Dow scores with eleven points, and uh, like three of those points was like a three-pointer to start the game right mm-hmm. there. So I mean, this is a team that can just you know beat you in so many different ways. Um, so now, like, you know, they move on to the third round for the second straight year, and they got a pretty tough one in uh, Wichita Falls Rider, who's mm-hmm. ranked number three in the state. Wow. Yeah. So, we talked about in our playoff preview that there's some, there's quite quite a few heavyweights in that region, yep. and now it's starting to yep. you know, kind of surface just how daunting that path is going to be if Lake Dallas does hope to get back to the regional tournament. Yeah. So, uh, this, you know, the. Um, anything could happen. I mean, this is a t- like they're playing a, a, a rider, Wichita Falls Riders, five p.m. Wednesday at Chico High School, mm-hmm. and this is a this is a game that you know it's going to be heartbreaking for whoever loses because both of these teams are on impressive winning streaks right here. Mm-hmm. Lake Dallas, like I said, has won eighteen straight games. Uh, Wichita Falls Riders lost only two games on the year. They've won fifteen straight games. Wow! So something's yeah, got to give. Something's got to give. Uh, let's see, Devin, um, for you, man. Um, like I said, it's kind of the same situation. you got at least some stuff over in East Dallas County that's still kind of <laughs> hanging out there. But, uh, yeah, again, like Frisco's obviously made some impressions early on. But, nevertheless, let's talk a bit about the Saxy Horn, kind of what is at least in the in the works for them this week. Yeah, uh, you know, Saxy in the bi-district uh, round played one of the best games, uh, most exciting games, yeah, I should say. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, it, God, it seemed like a month ago, too. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, against Rockwell, yeah. they're down 42-29 to 29 with about five minutes left. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go on this frantic comeback. I mean, uh, Rockwell, uh, Rockwell had beaten their pressure all game long for the most part, except for a little spurt early in the, mm-hmm. in the second half. But then all of a sudden, you know, sometimes desperation is what you need, and Saxe played with it, uh, and they closed the game on a 16-2 run. Wow. Uh, Chrislin Rose hits it at the buzzer. I mean, it was just – it was – it's a good comeback. It was a fun, fun game to watch. Uh, and you know, this is the Saxby team that we that I've talked about during the course of the year. That come playoff time, they're going to be a different team just because they're so young. Uh, you know, Chrislyn Rose uh, is she's a sophomore. Uh, I mean, she's a star in the making, though. I mean, she's already their go-to player. Can do a little bit of everything, but. Uh, Three freshmen, uh, Nina George, uh, London Oliphant, and Micah Cooper, uh, you know, they they now start for this team. And so there's going to be – they obviously had the potential, um, but there it takes time to, to make that adjustment to the varsity level. And Saxe, uh, you know, from back when I saw them a couple months ago from that team that I've seen them play here in the last, you know, two, three weeks, uh, is a different team. Uh, you know, Nina George, uh, one of those freshmen, now he really brings the ball up a lot of times, handles the pressure. I mean, you know, does a good job running that offense. Christian Rose is also uh, capable of doing that. Uh, they've got several other players, too, that, that fill in their roles nicely. Shanice Rose and uh, Trinice Hall. Kennedy Swan, uh, Brianna Salazar hit a pair of huge three pointers in that in that comeback against Rockwall. So, you know, um, I, I like Saxy. I think they're balanced. Uh, we got a battle tested Mansfield team. I mean, they'll have had ten days off basically. I mean, you know, going into uh, to their area round, and then Desoto looming in the third round, uh, which is um, you know it's going to be difficult. Uh, Just to say, to say the know, least. You know, Horn didn't have any problem with Garland in their first round game. I mean, Jasmine Shaver scores forty in the first three quarters and then takes the rest of the night off. Uh, well, it's, it's just got to. <laughs> and the thing is, it's it's not even uh, surprising. It's yeah. just you know when. when 
you know, they're, they're gonna, they kept feeding their ball, and, and he just kept. I was actually listening to this game as I was driving back from uh, the Saxy game. Um, so, uh, you know, she was just knocking down. She was hot from long range, and she's just such a dynamic scorer that when she's hot from long range, as well as what she can do driving and getting to the basket, I mean, she's tough to stop. Uh, you know, up next they have Duncanville. Uh, it's, how, uh, how many does she need to score in this one? That's you know that that's the thing. She I, and, and Horn is not a one player team. Yeah. You know, I mean, Vincia Jackson, Delana Choice, Tasha Robinson, uh, Brunel Adama, their freshman that's come on and, and really made a big impact. Um, but against Duncanville, yeah, those, those players are all going to have to play well. And, and I think Shavers, that 40-point game she had in the first round, she may have to duplicate that. Yeah. But, you know, Horns played some good teams all season long mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and, and, and won a few. And even their four losses on the season are all, have all been close. So, now, Duncanville may be a little bit different animal. But, um, you know, Horns not going to be intimidated. They're going to go out there. And when you've got a player like Jasmine Shavers, that always gives you a chance. And on the Frisco side of things, um, they have uh, they made short work of their second-round competition, <laughs> uh, to say the least. All three games decided by at least 18 points. Um, you had Memorial, who, um, you know, won its first-ever playoff game, you know, in the opening round. And they are now bound for the regional quarterfinals after 49-31 over Lancaster. Uh, Liberty, man, it just doesn't matter what seed they are. <laughs> Liberty is going to do the Liberty thing, and they are going to. Uh, and they, I mean, was it twenty nine to twenty seven in the opening yeah. round against McKinney it's a very North? Liberty like result. That though. is the most Liberty kind of game that you could expect. <laughs> and we, when we were talking about that, David, I remember he said like McKinney North better be prepared to score the fewest points that it has all season because of that style that Liberty imposes in. Did they ever? Um, so that was a nice feather in the cap for uh, for Liberty to get their postseason run started. And then they um, they kind of had their way with Newman Smith. Newman Smith, which actually won the district championship out in a District 11 5A. Liberty, though, um, 67 to 23, a winner there. And then Lone Star, uh, 63 to 40 over South Oak Cliff. And you're now guaranteed at least one Frisco ISD school in the regional tournament. And um, you know, I think as we as we mentioned on the uh, preview podcast, it had been something like how many years straight there's been at least two Frisco schools that have made it to the regional tournament. It's, ah, man, it is just the the ruthless, <laughs> the relentless consistency of that school district is just so impressive. Now, Lone Star's got a tough draw in the third round because they draw state-ranked Wiley East, who yeah. has looked pretty sharp in the postseason as well. Um, and then you have Liberty and Memorial, and, you know, those two teams split the regular season series, and, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's going to be a really close game no matter what happens. But, but three really different storylines, because obviously you have Liberty, mm-hmm. um, the defending state champions. I mean, they're in the third round of the playoffs for the ninth straight season. Um, wow. But they were 15-8 and eight going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, last year they had 11 losses in the regular season, and they just found a way to win close playoff games. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had a three-overtime a three overtime game. They had several games. I think four of their games were, you know, six points or less. And so when they won that first game against McKinney North, you thought, well, here they are shifting into <laughs> postseason gear. Um, you know, but they're, they've been kind of the, the, the gold standard for Frisco ISD. And then you have a program like Lone Star. They're in the third round for the fifth straight year as well. Mm-hmm. They are the district champions, but they get somewhat overshadowed by Liberty on a, on a statewide landscape because, I mean, they're the state champions. I mean, that's the team that people are going to see. Um, but, you know, Lone Star has been right there at that level. They've been to regional tournaments. They've had a lot oh, of yeah. success here the last um, – Five years, and so they're they're a team looking to kind of 
kind of establish their their spot in it from on a statewide, um, I guess, reputation level. Mm-hmm. And then you have Memorial. Uh, it's kind of the newcomer. I did a story on on their team last uh, last week after they won their first playoff game in school history. But people got to remember this, this is only their third year as a program. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they've been you know up trying to do this. Uh, they made the playoffs all three years. Uh, got knocked out in the first round. Uh, but we're able to break through in a, in a hard-fought game against Princeton. They followed that up with a nice win over Lancaster. Uh, you know, they've got a nice, young, solid nucleus. You know, Jasmine Lott and Jordan Connerly were kind of their two foundation pieces. Uh, now they get Cammie McKinney, a transfer from Hebron, yeah, who was who's a very good player at yeah. Hebron. Uh, and, and she's kind of helped. She, she's given them a true... I guess three-headed monster. They're all they're all juniors. They're all captains. You know, she's she stepped in and made an immediate impact and just kind of fit in seamlessly. Uh, you know, Carmen Box is a sophomore, good all-around player, does mm-hmm. a little bit of everything. Uh, and then you look at uh, Bryn Lusby and Fallon Lott, uh, two freshmen have come in and made an immediate mm-hmm. impact. So, you know, Memorials try to make their name. You know, Liberty is the team to beat. Um, you know, if what they did during the regular season is any indication. Liberty won the first game, thirty-eight to thirty-seven. Memorial won the second one, forty-one to thirty-eight. <laughs> so, I mean, you got to figure it's probably going to be low scoring. Yeah, that's that's Liberty's going to take you know their their tempo. They basically make teams play their pace. But Memorial proved that they can win that kind of mm-hmm. game in this in that rematch in the regular season. So, you know, that should be a good one when they get together on Wednesday. On the subject of teams with uh, with young cores that are uh, thriving in the playoffs, that's a nice way to transition over to Class 6A. Talk a little bit of uh, Region 1. For the first time in 20 years, the Plano <laughs> East girls are headed to the regional quarterfinals. It's uh, It's been a hot minute since Plano East has had a team um, this good. And, you know, they obviously, um, you know, we talked about them playing during the regular season with them running the table in district 66a an impressive an impressive credential given what that district has gone on to show in the playoffs with what hebron's done with plano still hanging around um you know but for plano east to run the table there now and build off of that by doing better than they did last season this is a team that got to the second round last year and was a stone's throw away from getting to the regional quarterfinals they let a close one slip late against harker heights um but they've uh they've not let anything uh anything go to waste in the postseason and they destroyed Prosper by, I think, more than 40 points in the first round. And then they beat Irving MacArthur 64-44 to on, uh, on Saturday. Um, you know, it's been a pretty familiar recipe. You know, they uh, coming off a long break, you obviously want to try to make things as easy on your kids as possible. So uh, head coach Jessica Linson stressed, you know what, let's just really target easy shots. Let's try to just get a lot of layups. And they used their press defense to really kind of uh, set the tone there, create a lot of turnovers, getting a lot of points in transition. And they built a double-digit lead through the first first quarter 21 to 11 um you know macarthur had a really hot game from jordan newsom he had to kind of adjust its defense a bit um you know call upon one of their uh, one of their top guards uh, savannah agite to really kind of uh, you know try to slow her a bit over the last three quarters and um they were able to you know they were able to keep this game at around 10 to 12 points for most of the second half and then they pulled away a bit more um in the fourth quarter and actually could have been by a lot more they uh, i believe they only knocked down something like 10 of 22 free throws taken in the fourth quarter <laughs> they were i mean both of these teams were in double bonus with like four minutes left so this was this turned into a foul fest pretty uh, pretty quickly um but adara udo just a sophomore for planet east she just went to work on uh, on macarthur inside 17 points 12 rebounds six blocks just doing it all on both ends really really impressive sophomore for plano east denavia hall one of their juniors had 14 points tiana amos had 11 um east is just they're firing all cylinders right now and you know they're like i said headed to the third round for the first time in 20 years since 2001 was the last 
last time you had East um, playing to East girls on a run like this. It's going to be tough now because we're getting to the uh, to the thick of the uh, of the region as far as now the teams locally having to run up against the heavyweights of the region with South Grand Prairie on one end of the bracket, Arlington Martin on the other end. Martin had a tough one um, against Hebron though. Hebron, which was probably the uh, at least in six A, maybe the biggest story of the first round, as they were unranked and then knocked off Denton Geyer, who was the District Five Six A co champion. They upset Geyer in actually a rematch from the year prior in the by district round. Hebron was able to win this game. And I mean, it was a pretty uh, a pretty noteworthy upset. And then they had an 11 point lead on state ranked Arlington Martin at halftime. Now Martin's defense, you know, kind of uh, took over to um you know to close out the game, and they end up winning this one 43 to 39. I believe Hebron may have had just I believe just nine points in the second half. Um, you know, so Martin showing its its pedigree there in the end, but still, uh, it's been a really really solid postseason run for a Hebron team that's that's got some. I mean, they started two freshmen this season, so this Hebron team is uh, you know, they're they're far from finished yet with uh, with Jordan. And Thomas and Paris Bradley, you know, sticking around for a few more years. So that's a program to keep an eye out for. You've got Plano on the other end of the bracket. The Lady Wildcats still have to play their second round matchup against Richardson. Uh, that takes place tonight, Monday at uh, 7 o'clock over at R.L. Turner. Um, I got to see Plano in its first round matchup against Denton Braswell. thought this game had a chance to be one of the uh, one of the more competitive first round matchups. And I mean, there were some moments in the second half, but I mean, Plano just put it on them at the start. Plano just caught fire they couldn't miss from the field. Everything was falling. Jumpers, layups. I mean, it was um, their shot making was pretty impressive there for that first half. And they were up by, I want to say the league got as large as like 24 points. Uh, naturally, I mean, you see the, the types of shots they were making and you were expecting a little bit of regression over those last two quarters. And you saw that and Braswell was able to string together a bit of a run. And they actually made this, I believe they were able to cut it down to single digits for a little bit, maybe like eight or nine points. And then um, Plano winds up pulling away thanks to um, you know some big buckets from Amaya Brannon. She had uh, uh, 27 points in this game and they wind up winning 72 to 58, their highest scoring game of the season. Um, you know, kind of in the same vein as, uh, as Frisco Liberty, Devin, Plano with a win. I mean, if they are able to beat Richardson tonight, this would mark the eighth time in the last nine years that they've been to the regional quarterfinals. So, um, yeah, a, a, a nice little run for the uh, for the Lady Wildcats right now. Um, if they win, then they will play South Grand Prairie, number I believe number three in the state, number four. Um, they're really good. They've only lost twice all season. Um, you know, but they had, a, they had a tough game against state-ranked Allen. This was a two-point game through three quarters. Then SGP puts together a monster fourth quarter, outscores Allen 21-7 to and winds up winning this thing 61-45. to um, you know, Allen goes out with uh, with 17 points from Mackenzie Worm and then nine points from Zoe Jackson and Sophia Culver. And again, played, you know, one of the best teams in the state, competitive three quarters and then just a little bit too much um, there at the end. Um, but that's um, at least kind of a look as far as where things are at um, over in Region 1-6A. Um, again, we'll see if it's going to be a, you know, because again, depending on how that third round shakes out, you know, you could be looking at potentially, you know, we'll see what those schools out west have to say, but um, you could maybe be getting an all 8-6A regional final. You know, potentially with SGP and Arlington Martin going at it for the third time. If you get a few, a couple upsets, who knows? Maybe it's Plano and Plano East. I know I'd be fired up for that one. Probably be one of the uh, one of the bigger Plano ISD basketball games in recent memory if those two are somehow able to square off in the uh, in the playoffs at some juncture. Um, but yes, that's a look at kind of where things are at in our coverage area over in girls basketball. Like I said, we're just getting started this week because it is going to be a busy, busy week. We're going to have games in our coverage area probably every night, if I had to guess. Um, so yeah, we'll um, obviously we'll be pretty busy this week, um, and we'll be back 
next week to try to, I guess, size up as much of it as we can. Again, there's going to be teams that play, I guess, up to, what, three games this week it's looking like? Yeah, and, and, and real quick, just to note, uh, on the uh, our highest-ranked team okay. in the state, Sunnyvale. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, Devin, please, uh, whack no, philosophical uh, on Sunnyvale, man. I'm sorry. I, I, no, I'm just going to say real quick, big week for them. Uh, they're 25-1 and one on the season. Okay. Uh, you know, this is a Sunnyvale team that's been a pretty playoff team. They won a state championship back in 2014. Uh, but big week for them. They played number 19 Bullard. On mm-hmm. Tuesday, and then potentially number seven Brownsboro in the third round. But kind of looking at that regional layout after that, it looks like it opens up after that. So if Sunnyvale can get through this week, they may be poised to make another trip to the state tournament. Really, I'm sorry for slighting the Lady Raiders <laughs> there, man. No, it's any the yeah, take some uh, put some respect on their names, I guess. Um, but yes, obviously some big happenings for Sunnyvale so far. And um, yeah, we'll see what's in store for them and the rest of our teams that are still kicking in the postseason as we uh, as the postseason rolls on with a busy, busy week. Um, so yes, that will do it for. The this episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Be back next week to run through this same exercise again, play a little catch-up, and try to make sense of what happens during a busy, busy week in the high school basketball playoffs. Until then, folks, take care. We will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.